Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, August 15th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tiamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we have a ton of really fun things in the podcast feed over the weekend. We started off on Saturday with the main feed debut of Jan Simpson's latest episode of All the Drama, in which she detailed the history of the 1967 Pulitzer Prize winner for drama, Edward Albee's A Delicate Balance. That is in the podcast feed. And then for the second week in a row, don't call it a comeback, I stepped in for James to host this week on Broadway. Uh, so that is available by the time you're listening to this in whatever feed feed you would like to hear it either in patreon or the regular feed peter michael and i there weren't a whole lot wasn't a whole lot of theater to discuss that they saw because it is the middle of august in new york but peter did give a really good review for on that day in amsterdam at 59 59th michael talked about a couple concerts that he saw at 54 below uh i wish the rules that could have been and roe heart tramps uh show then we got into a lot of the recent casting news on broadway some of which we're going to talk about here in a second so don't mm-hmm. worry uh and then a little bit about the passing of olivia newton john and some other things so a really fun episode so check that out uh over on patreon or in the regular feed uh also grace anybody <laughs> who uh follows you on social media knows that it was your birthday over the weekend so uh, happy birthday thank you um looking um very very jennifer garner-esque on your birthday mm. evening yeah it was funny because i walked out of my house and i was very specific to do the 13 going on 30 look and um i was so excited about it and i walked out of my house and i'm not joking on the corner where i live is like this like brunch like a bar spot and the girl like one of one of the women like that works there walked out and she goes oh you nailed it you nailed it and I was like, okay, I can literally go home because this is all I needed. Very good. So, and she was like, oh my God, happy birthday. Is it your birthday? And I was like, oh God, I'm going to cry. So it was yeah. it was a lot of fun, but thank you. Very cool. Well, um, less exciting or perhaps exciting. Uh, on Sunday, the day we are recording, two Broadway shows are closing up shop. Shows that um, have brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. First was the already planned limited run of POTUS or Behind Every Great Dumbass or Seven Women Trying to Keep Him Alive. Uh, I know you enjoyed that one especially. Uh, I really enjoyed it as well with a phenomenal cast. I think this will be a show that gets done regis- uh, regionally a-, a tremendous amount. And I am ready. I just want to say that. I want to say that right now. Are you ready to play the, the Julianne first, Huff's role? I am ready to be dusty. I am I am so physically and mentally ready. Um, I, just that show needs to be done everywhere, and I totally yes. agree with you. I think it will be. Yeah, absolutely. The other one is Tina Cole and the Tina Turner musical, or hyphen. I've seen them using hyphens uh, before. They do a little bit of both. Um, that one concluded its run at the Lunt Fontan Theater and will continue uh, to be a hit on the road as it gets ready to launch its national tour um i'm sure that one will be playing in many many places for many many years all right so let's get into the news and this is something we've kind of been teasing a little bit that we thought was coming and we're kind of surprised that it took so long to come out but the replacement cast for the revival of into the woods was officially announced on friday and it is a doozy we already know that the show has been officially extended through october 16th although more extensions or one big extension is to come for sure uh but they announced the cast that will be effectively taking over on september 6th following the labor day weekend uh and it is led by the irl husband and wife team of stephanie j block and sebastian arcellus as the baker's wife and the baker respectively absolutely 
perfect casting um, for those roles. I'm very excited to see them back uh, on Broadway together. But they will also be joined by somebody that you know I absolutely adore and have been a big fan of for a long time. And that is Krista Rodriguez as Cinderella, which kind of blows my mind because she's not the soprano that we have seen in this role I mean, pretty much ever, especially on the heels of Philippa Sue and Danae Benton. She is much more of a beltress. So I don't know if they're, if she's going to tap into some lyric soprano talents that we don't know about um, or if she's going to belt on the steps of the palace. Either way, I'm here for it. I love her. Um, the great Montego Glover will be coming in to alternate the role of the witch with Patina Miller. Patina will be doing the show Fridays through Sundays, and Montego will be doing the show Tuesdays through Thursdays, um, which is very, very exciting. Um, and then, even though Gavin Creel and Joshua Henry will be continuing in their respective Prince tracks, Andy Carl is stepping into the role of Cinderella's Prince and the Wolf for a very short period of time from September 6th through the 15th, very much like Cheyenne Jackson did. Um, Creel, this is obviously the extension and not something that was originally part of Creel's contract. Um, so he has some other commitments that he has to go out and do. Very exciting. And then something that I think is probably the most exciting for you um, and, and all of your loves beginning on September 27th, yep. <laughs> presumably after Schmigadoon season two wraps filming, Anne Harada will be returning to the role of Jack's mother, which, of course, she originally did in the City Center Encores production that you and I saw and just absolutely loved her in. The rest of the cast primarily will be sticking around, although we will see uh, Katie Garagetti as Little Red Riding Hood and Jim Stanley taking over as the steward so if you're going to replace an all-star cast grace you do it with another all-star cast and i think they have absolutely nailed this casting for the next phase of this show you know as i as i quickly tweeted um katie and andy were like she was they were all in groundhog day right and there is this really funny photo of them that i put up that it's kind of like a screenshot from an illegal recording and it's um it's her in this like band uniform and andy squeezing her um and i was like this is about to be hello little girl from punxatani because i can't wait to see them opposite each other this is this is the cast baby i mean it, i'm gonna say that every time they have a new cast but i'm really excited so i love this friday surprise so as you and i discussed last week i have added an extra trip to my schedule uh yeah, i will be coming in happening? november and december when not if, but when they announced extensions through the holidays, I will probably be getting tickets to see this at least once, if not two more times, uh, because I have to see this cast. And who knows uh, if, I mean, honestly, who knows if they'll be around in November, but maybe there's some changes again in December. Who knows? Um, but what I think is amazing is, is we've talked about this before on this show, and I don't know if it was me and Ashley or you and me or uh, you and Ashley even maybe talked about it. But like, at this point, this thing is selling super well named people are coming in to do it like why not just make it open-ended and like just keep cycling in broadway and tv and movie people who want to be in into the woods even if it's just for six weeks at a time why not just keep it going for as long as humanly possible i mean i think that that's I think that's possible. It's very possible. And like this could very, Chicago itself. Very, very possible. 
Very, very possible. Uh, But I think that uh, this is, it's such a good idea as long as, you know, everyone feels like they can get like their little piece of the pie. You know what I mean? Because like you said, so many, I mean, at the end of the day, actors are theater nerds and they, if they have an in-between and their agent says, hey, do you want four weeks? Do you want four shows? Do you want five weeks? You know, in, in this role that you've always wanted to do. They're going to go do it, especially if it's where they live. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's a brilliant idea. And I love that houses are continuing to sell out with this very popular. And it's even so overdone. And I say that in the best way, that that's how much people love this show, is that they could have done it a million times. They could have seen it a million times. And they're still wanting to go back and see all of these different actors do their version of those characters. And that's just so joyful to me. Yeah, it really is a great production, and I will see it as many times as they continue to bring in new stars. So um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing this again, and hopefully many, many other people will get to see it, and hopefully this will continue to extend at the St. James Theater for as long as humanly possible. All right, unfortunately, we do have some sad news to discuss as Emmy winner and Tony nominee Anne Heche died last week. Um, It's a little... uh, unusual situation because uh, she was in a very tragic car accident, which we'll talk about here in a second, in California, Um, even though as of recording time, I believe she is still, uh, or maybe not, uh, over the weekend, she was still on life support, but she was declared brain dead. So by California law, she was officially considered dead. She was being kept alive um, for the opportunity to evaluate whether her organs would be able to be donated. Um, But she was involved in a car accident, and the preliminary report did indicate that narcotics were in her system during the accident that resulted in her crashing into a home um, that took over an hour to put out a fire for if anybody knows the history of Anne Hayes, she has had an unbelievably tragic and tormented life before and after becoming a star, um, which we won't necessarily get into here. Um, but in terms of a performer, she appeared twice on Broadway, um, first in uh, in the original production of Proof on Broadway uh, as a replacement, and then um, in 20th Century in 2004, um, for which she earned a Tony nomination. She has been in just a whole host of of films, most notably things like uh, Donnie Brasco, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Six Days, Seven Nights, in the shot-for-shot remake of Psycho as Marion Crane, Prozac Nation, um, many other things, of course, also on television a ton. You know, really a, a sad story for uh, a lot of reasons, both in terms of how she died, but also with, you know, kind of the the tragedies and abuse that she suffered for many, many years before she became famous. So uh, our hearts go out to everybody who knew and loved Anne Heche, both uh, on stage and screen and off, but um, really kind of the tragic end to um, a really difficult life for somebody who is immensely talented. All right, so let's get away from that sadness and talk about some interesting show and casting news. And I'm not sure if I just saw this um, or it was out before. Some of the dates on the articles are a little wonky, but I first saw it on Thursday evening. And it was announced that um, a Warren Carlyle-helmed production of The Secret Garden will be playing the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles in the winter of 2023. So coming up in just six-ish months from February 19th through March 26th with an opening night set for February 26th. Now, you will remember that this is a production that has been trying to make it to Broadway for quite a while. We first saw, you know, word of a Broadway production uh, of The Secret Garden back in 2015. 
2016, in February 2016, when they did a concert production at Geffen Hall um, by Manhattan Concert Productions, which featured Tony Award winner Daisy Egan returning to the production. It also had Sidney Lucas, uh, Sierra Bogus, Ramin Karamloo, Cheyenne Jackson, and Ben Platt in the show. That was supposedly, you know, trying to make its way to Broadway, but that one was uh, directed by Stafford Arima. Um, but then we started hearing whisperings of a Warren Carlyle-directed uh, production coming to Broadway, so much so that they actually did a workshop and then put it out for viewing on um, various streaming services uh, as a benefit for the Actors Fund. Um, that production included Clifton Duncan, Amber Amon, uh, Adam Chandler Barrett, uh, Cameron Mann, Matt Doyle, Sierra Bogus, Drew Galing, and more. So I don't know if any of those folks are going to be involved with this production, but if you bring Warren Carlyle to direct a production of a Broadway you know, mm-hmm. classic to the Amundsen, that sure seems like it is something that would be aiming to come to New York sooner rather than later. As the kids say, it's a little sus. I was like, interesting, interesting. But also the cast that you named are really great. Um, mm-hmm. I could see them doing a total 180 and and really flipping it and casting this completely differently. Um, just to sure. say, hey, we're, we're, we got to start from scratch. Everybody's busy. You know, it, that didn't sell the same way that this could sell. You know what I mean? Like they're obviously if, if they are trying to moving it, move it, they're going to look for the best possible like producer investor moment. Um, so, yeah, that could it could look really different. I'm excited about it though regardless you're saying maybe getting some non-theater names is there is that what you're saying like this is a tough no, I show just mean different okay. i just mean different than the two that you just mentioned like i would not be surprised if it was all uh, everyone attached to it that had previously been attached to like the idea of moving to broadway mm-hmm. if it if they were like you know what we're starting from scratch like this okay. is this is a new iteration all right we'll see what I'd happens so That's wrong a- i'm wrong i'm totally wrong i don't know <laughs> I, I have no idea i mean it's it's a very this is not a show that i think is easily star cast like this is a a difficult score um so you have to have like legit singers legit in multiple definitions of that right. word and uh, i just have to remind you mcc theater did just have their miscast just have it like months ago and lily's eyes was revisited and mm-hmm. famously i like to predict that MCC miscast is a secret catalyst for a lot of things coming up, and I would not be surprised if one of those people that was at that or, you know, somebody attached to it said, hey, this would be good to kind of seed in everyone's memory to say, like, hey, we mm-hmm. should we should really do the secret garden again. So just saying, just saying. Wasn't, the, wasn't that Audra and Kelly did yes. Lily's Eyes? Yeah, yeah. I don't yes. think either of them are playing uh, no. uh, them, but I see what you're saying. Like, maybe mm-hmm. uh, somebody else there or maybe. Right. Mm, interesting. We will see. We will definitely see. Yeah. Uh, All right. In other news, the national tour of Les Miserables has announced not only its upcoming fall tour schedule, um, which will begin at the Cleveland, uh, Ohio Playhouse Square, which I think you're going to be at this week. I'm literally above it right now. Are you? Okay. I didn't know if you've (laughs) gotten there yet. Um, Yeah. So it's going to be kicking off in October. um, And they've announced uh, the entire cast for that. It'll be led by celebrated tour alums Nick Cartel and Preston Truman Boyd as Jean Valjean and Javert, respectively. 
respectively. They will be joined by Matt Crowell as Tenardier, Christina Rose Hall as Madame Tenardier, Haley Dorch as Fontaine, Devin Archer as Anjara, uh, Christine Hisan Huang as Eponine, Gregory Lee Rodriguez as Marius, and Addie Morales as Cosette. We will have the complete casting announcement in the show notes, and you can obviously, of course, check out the 60-week-long, multi-week engagements, see if it will be coming to your city. And even though I've seen Les Mis many, many times and directed it once, uh, if I have the opportunity to see a first-rate production of Les Mis, even though I've seen this tour multiple times as well, I will definitely see it. So very much looking forward to that. All right, real quick, I wanted to throw out some reviews for the Netflix film adaptation of 13, the musical that was released on Friday. It is uh, directed by Tamara Davis and has a screenplay by Robert Horn, who originally co-wrote the book of the musical with Dan Ellish. Uh, When it was on Broadway, of course, Jason Robert Brown wrote the score. This um, film adaptation that is streaming now stars Eli Golden as Evan, Gabriella Uhl as Patrice, J.D. McCreary as Brett, Lindsay Blackwell as Kendra, Frankie McNellis as Lucy, Jonathan Lingle as Archie, and more. Then on the adult side of this, because remember in the original Broadway production, there were no adults. Everybody in the cast and the orchestra, I believe, were all kids. But Peter Herman is in it, Josh Peck, Rhea Perlman, and Deborah Messing join the cast. Amy Nicholson from the New York Times said, quote, Once the film checks off the expected city versus country gripes about bagels, none, cows, too many, and the unnerving rural siren silence, How can anyone sleep with all this quiet? The director, Tamara Davis, aims to sell the film's young audience on an inclusive vision of America that quickly soothes any apprehensions of anti-Semitism, as well as most of the other anxieties of adolescence. The songs by Jason Robert Brown aren't bad either, particularly a bluesy number crooned by the football squad, a catty rock ballad backed by a marching band, and a new-for-the-screen finger-tapping charmer where Evan entices his schoolmates to sneak into an R-rated horror movie a gory flick that traumatizes him in the class far more than anything else happening on screen. So a uh, solid review from Amy Nicholson from the New York Times. For the Los Angeles Times, Noel Murray said, quote, the changes from stage to screen um, make this 13 look and feel more like a conventional Netflix teen movie, all about puppy love and jostling for popularity, rather than the one-of-a-kind theatrical experience it once was. But Jason Robert Brown's songs are still incredibly snappy, turning common adolescent experiences like crushes, first kisses, and going to horror movies with friends into up-tempo bops. And the middle school milieu still sets 13 apart from its teen pick competition because its characters are more clumsy and unsure of themselves, not really miniature adults yet, but kids secretly terrified of growing up. So if you love the JRB score to the Broadway production, it sounds like that is still the best part of this film. Um, And obviously, anytime you can see a Broadway musical transferred to screens, large or small, that is something worth checking out. All right, Grace, we have a couple feel-good recommendations here. Mm. The first one, um, first and foremost, tonight, Monday, August 15th, is the first date of our dear friend Robbie Rizal's new residency at Green Room 42 called Party Mix. Um, Robbie will be having a ton of guests, new songs, all of these kind of things happening on Monday nights, I believe once a month throughout the fall. I cannot be there. Grace, you are out of town. Uh, but we will certainly, certainly be there when uh, we can. Tickets are currently on sale. 
And uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. We recommend you heading over to the Yotel Motel Holiday Inn and uh, seeing the very first incarnation of Robbie Rizal's Party Mix. I'm so excited to tune in for the stream, but also I'm going to have a lot of friends in the audience. So I asked them to yeah, like yeah. send me pictures and stuff. Um, but what I, I just want to shout out the fact that like we are making art so accessible with streaming and like especially with like cabarets and concerts and shows and whatnot. And like so if you are not physically able but you like to be at the show itself, but you can get a streaming ticket or you want to like donate one. It's, it's absolutely worth it. So I love that he's doing this and uh, more, more for everybody, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you had a recommendation about something going on over at Playbill with the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah. So my friend Margaret Hall has been doing some great uh, journalistic work and like just being at the Edinburgh so much so that Playbill literally said, hey, what if we had a whole different Playbill subsection, like its own account to kind of document everything going on at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that you are at? So she and I think another colleague of hers um, have been in there with Playbill, like representing Playbill, but also like getting kind of like an inside scoop on everything. Um, it's been fascinating to watch. I'm really jealous that I'm not there because I really wanted to take my show there this year. And I've, I've got a lot of friends that are doing their solo shows right now. So I'm following their stuff. But like the Playbill Edinburgh Fringe like account is just it's excellent. So if you have ever been interested in following along with what that looks like, I know that Edinburgh has not been able to do their festival to the same extent in like years now because COVID and all the things. So um, yeah, if you want an inside scoop, check it out. Um, I'm, I'm just so excited that again, like we're getting the access that we would never get unless we were physically there. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you other than Cleveland, Ohio? You can follow me on all social media platforms at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.